What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's June 17th, 2019. And as far as Ole Miss Athletics is concerned, there's nothing going on. Nothing is happening. I come to you today on Talk of Champions with Thomas Dillard as my guest, offering up very little. But Thomas and I cover a lot of ground. He even comments on Mike Bianco and all the intense reaction following the conclusion of the season. But other than that, it's the dead time. So we have to get creative. And the only person that can be creative with me is Bennett Hip. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. What'd you do this weekend? Not a whole lot. It was kind of a quiet weekend. Watched um, more golf than I figured I would. Watched most of the U.S. Open. But other than that, just kind of one of those weekends to just kind of catch up on rest and do some chores and that kind of fun stuff. Did you watch any of the College World Series? Uh, I watched a little bit on Sunday, but I, it's not my favorite thing in the world, just playing in that park and then obviously I don't have a tie or anything to any of the teams in there. So I had it on a little bit. Um, but nothing really, I wasn't paying hardcore attention by any means. I feel like you and I are like a lot of college baseball fans in that when the team we either cover or cheer for is eliminated, we don't watch the postseason anymore. This isn't the NCAA tournament. This isn't the college football playoffs. Ole Miss doesn't go to a bowl game. You still watch the bowl games for the most part. Ole Miss gets eliminated in the first round of the NCAA tournament. You, the Ole Miss fan, continue to watch the NCAA tournament. College baseball has a problem in that respect. I'm not tuning in to watch Auburn and Mississippi State or Michigan and whoever, Louisville and whoever. I'm just not tuned in for it. No, like I, I tuned in to watch a little bit of Vanderbilt uh, just because they've got so much talent and they're, they're fun to watch. If it goes a little further, I'll probably tune in when Florida State plays because I do think it's kind of cool that Mike Martin's getting one last run in Omaha and I would like for him to to win a title um, and go off in the sunset. So that'd be cool. But outside of that, just not a whole lot of really storylines or anything that, that really interests me. So if it's not Vanderbilt or if it's not Florida State, it's just not doing much for me. 
I would have liked to have seen this Ole Miss team with the pitching it has in that big of a park because it helped him in Hoover see what kind of run they can make. Doug Nikhazy being aided by fly balls that die and Gunnar Hoagland for the same type of reason. Will Etheridge had his worst game of the season in game one at Arkansas. So he was bound for a rebound, plus those two pitchers who pitch two fly balls. I'm interested to see how this team would have responded because by the end of the year, Thomas Dillard and that offense was rolling. And I know that the last game of the year, they only scored one run. Once it got away from them, once it became seven to one early, <laughs> the writing was on the wall. You could mourn the death before it happened. I think this team could have had a fun run in Omaha. It's unfortunate because here we are again, Ole Miss fans out there, Ole Miss media like you and I sitting here watching, or in my case, not watching the College World Series because Ole Miss is again not there. It's a bummer. And Thomas Dillard has a lot to talk about in regards to Omaha and his Ole Miss legacy and the number one recruiting class's legacy. All of those things coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Ben at Hip at Ben at Hip. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you can find your podcast. That's where you can find us. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Today's guest co-host, of course, has been at HIP. So not a lot going on. Covered that at the start of the show. <laughs> what a way to come in, right? Hey, stay tuned for nothing. We do have something, <laughs> Thomas Dillard, but also a look ahead, if you will, to the 2019-20 Ole Miss Athletics year coming up and what expectations we should have for these different athletics programs. Each one of them has their own unique storyline. For example, Ole Miss football can you turn it around? Can you get to a bowl? Matt Luke has pressure on him. Maybe not the same kind of pressure that now Mike Bianco has on him. So with Mike Bianco, it's the whole Mike Bianco story going into next year. Not the rebuild, not losing a lot. It's Mike Bianco. What's the status with him? Mike Clement was offered the hitting coach job at Texas A&M. He's the hitting coach at Ole Miss. He's been on this podcast countless times before. As we're recording this, no decision has been made. I was simply told that his wife likes it here, but she's from there. That could play a small role. They like it here. They like who they work for. They like everything about the situation. He's still going to consider it. So as you're listening to this, he may have moved on. He may have stayed. We don't know. But everything about Ole Miss baseball will be Mike Bianco next year. Everything football will be get to a ball. And if you don't, then all attention turns back to Matt Luke. And, of course, the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator hires. How they turn things around in basketball, while has the most momentum, Still is going to have to face some things. What's your number one storyline looking ahead to 2019-20? I mean, for me, I'm more interested in basketball than anything else, but I think the bigger storyline is football, obviously. Football kind of stirs the drink as the Ole Miss Athletics Department goes, and I just think that there's so much riding on this season. There's a lot of talk about how season tickets are down, enthusiasm is down. Matt Luke makes two good coordinator hires. They get a good recruiting class in. There's some winnable games on the schedule, but you're also losing a lot of top flight NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball and, and some guys on the defensive side of the ball that were, at the very least, good quality SEC players. So there's just a lot there. And, and so while I'm more interested in what basketball does, uh, I think football is, is absolutely the number one kind of overriding storyline and the biggest thing to follow. I don't know if the biggest athletic story next year or this coming up year now is the athletics director hire. You got to get a chancellor in first. That's not going to happen right. until December 1st of next fall. We don't know. But once an athletics director does come in, what that means as far as drastically overhauling the athletics department inside and out. I don't know if that's not the biggest story, but as far as on the field, football does stir the drink and it does matter. Can you win? At the end of the day, all people care about did football win and everything else gets the enthusiasm left over from football. Basketball has so much momentum right now, but at the end of the day, football is the breadwinner. Football is what everyone cares about. Now, Kermit Davis is trying to get everyone to care about basketball like they do football, and he's done a hell of a job in trying to attain that goal. But it's not there yet, and it might not be there for quite some time unless this team takes off. So what are realistic expectations then for football. In my opinion, this is make or break six win season. You got to win six. If you don't win six, all bets are off as far as the AD hire and what he decides to do, the recruiting and everything involved with Ole Miss football. Can you continue to build that class, climb up the rankings, this, that, and the other? Everything comes down to you got to show it on the field. Ole Miss is getting a lot of commitments, but everyone's bitching and moaning. Wait a second. 
Austin Keys isn't a five-star. He's a four-star on ESPN. I work for 247. We have him as a three-star. I don't do the evaluations. It's neither here nor there. The point is this. All of that stuff is subjective, yet there is going to be that criticism there. Well, yeah, you got all these commitments. You're 22nd in the country. You're eighth in the SEC. Where are the four and five stars? And I don't care about star chasing. Tyler Siski was on this podcast last week. He doesn't care about star chasing. They're looking for a particular type of football player. When they come to those camps, they get those offers. They take the commitments. They love those kids. Their evaluations are all that matters. As Tyler Siski said, we're trying to feed our family. But you compound that on top of not winning, on top of Matt Luke not having any type of honeymoon period as far as being the head coach. He never got that runway. So what are realistic expectations then? I know you said that it's a make or break bowl game and, and you're, and it, and it probably is for me. I think the worry is that they could be better as a team and it just not show up in the record. You know, That's they, go true. Five and, they go five and seven last year. They go one and seven, in the sec. What if you repeat it, but you're more competitive in every sec game. Uh, you know, and I think it's, you have some wins on the schedule for sure. Like you have, South, you have C-Law, you have New Mexico State. I think that Memphis is a winnable game, but not a lot by any means. I think Arkansas is winnable. You can get to five pretty easy, but say that the Cal game doesn't go your way. I mean, that's a team that um, they're they're coming down south, but they were ninth last year in yards for play allowed defensively. So that's a good defense. Justin Wilcox is a good head coach. That could That game could go either way. So that was not a gimme. You don't have four non-conference gimmies to really help you get to six. You have two and then a winnable Memphis game, a very losable Memphis game, then a Cal game that I think is pretty 50-50. So I'm expecting a lot of improvement from Ole Miss, but I'm just not sure that it's going to show up in the record. I think they can get to six. I think it's possible. But again, I think it's very possible they go five and seven and you're looking at the same record and they're a better team and they're more competitive. But I don't know how – Fans and administration receive that. You know, five and seven is pretty ugly on on its face, but at the same time, I think they'll look much better. They'll be a much better football team, even if the record says they're the same as last year. I don't think it matters one way or the other, whether you're competitive or not. It's a results-oriented business. Matt Luke has to get to a bowl game. See, I think so too, but at the same time— Not that that means he's going to get fired at the end of the year. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is— No, I agree, but you you look at last year, so— Yes, it's this is a win and loss business, but at the same time, instead of losing to Alabama sixty-two to seven, you know, say you lose forty-five to twenty-four, something like that, you're better. LSU was forty-five sixteen last year. If it's a ten-point game, you're that's a big swing in your favor. You look at Mississippi State, you lose thirty-five to three. What if you go and, and you know that's a one-score game late in the fourth quarter? Yes, you still lose those games. But you're obviously clearly much more competitive than you were a year ago with less talent. And I think that has to come into the equation at some point. I don't know that it overcomes it enough, but at least has to be part of the conversation that says, yes, they're five and seven, just like last year. But Matt Luke went out and made two hires. Those hires worked well. And we're seeing progress, even though the record stays the same. Now, having said that, I think from an enthusiasm standpoint, getting to a bowl game, is I think it means so much for this fan base. They haven't done that in so long that there's going to be so much focus on getting there. And, and I just worry that uh, that's going to be kind of the big thing. If they go five and seven, there's going to be a lot of angry people, even though they could be better. All of those things can be true and nothing change, meaning that I sure. think Matt Luke is going to get a year after this year. If you only go five and seven, that makes the year after that with a new AD do or die. If you go six sure. and six, you go seven and five, you might have bought yourself two years. If Matt Corral's showing pretty good, you're going to be the coach to keep him here for two more years. Defense improves. Rich Rod gets that offense clicking. All of those things fall into place. You could buy yourself more time. But if you want to get that monkey off your back, you have to go to a ball. Now, basketball is different. Basketball has a lot of leeway. Got leeway that neither other sport has. Basketball, they could fall short of the NCAA tournament. And yes, people would be disappointed, but Kermit Davis, no one would be thinking Kermit Davis needs to have his head on a spike. Brian Tyree's probably one of the more decorated, if not the most decorated players in the SEC returning. Could be a preseason first-team All-SEC selection. Devontae Shuler, you expect to take a step. You expect Blake Kenson and K.J. Buffett to take steps. Hadim C. matters. He has to be good from day one. They believe he can be that type of player. And then, of course, you need steps from Luis Rodriguez, Franco Miller, a bunch of those. 
underclassmen who you recruited to be depth pieces, you need that as well. But basketball, I think there's a little bit higher of an expectation, even though should they fall short, there wouldn't be the same intense reaction you've seen with Mike Bianco in Omaha and then, of course, Matt Luke not making it to a bowl. But fans need to temper those expectations somewhat. You lost a lot. I know TD, you think he's replaceable. I know you think every guy that left, Bruce Stevens, whoever you think mattered last year, Losing those types of players and not getting Canada, not getting a, a trip in the summer to get everything back together, it's going to be maybe a little bit of a slower start. Do I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament? Yes. Expectations for me would be get back to the NCAA tournament and get out of the first round. Outside of that, everything else is gravy for me. I agree. You know, I, I think the turnover thing is such a big deal because last year, while there was so much focus on how active they were in recruiting and they brought in some guys for sure, the actual rotation was mostly guys that were still there. Obviously, you added, you know, Blake played a lot, KJ played a lot, but guys like, you know, Zach Naylor didn't play at all, Brown Hounds didn't play at all, Carlos Curry redshirted, Franco Miller was hurt, Luis Rodriguez played sparingly, DC Davis is already there, was on scholarship now. So I, I think. There was so much focus last year on the transition. This year is really the transition. I mean, you're bringing in five guys. You're counting on a couple of them to play major, major minutes right off the bat. I think there's a lot of space for Austin Crowley to come in and play. Sammy Hunter has high expectations. Bryce Williams is going to come in and have a role. Hadim C obviously is going to be uh, – there are a lot of minutes there at the center position for him. That's a lot of turnover, and you're losing a guy like Terrence Davis who's been there and, and been – while inconsistent, been a constant at the same time. So I think basketball is fascinating to me. I think the tournament's absolutely an expectation. I think there should be some real disappointment if they don't make it. But at the same time, I think it's I think it's quite possible that they kind of start off a little slow. The last few years, AK always had those teams where they would have a bad loss early or would really kind of play some ugly basketball but win early on because he turned over so much of the roster. I can see that happening this year just because they're adding so many faces and so many of those guys are going to play early. Of all of those newcomers, I'm going to give you three to choose from. It's easy to say Hadim C will have the greatest impact. He's the one that's stepping in, theoretically, to a starting role. But I could easily make a case for Austin Crowley, too. Sammy Hunter as well. If you think Sammy Hunter is just going to allow Hadim C to be the starter at the four or the five, you're nuts. Sammy Hunter's got all the talent in the world. So I give you one, one choice to make. As far as the impact newcomer for Ole Miss basketball, that person is who. Before we get to that answer from Bennett, real quickly, got to take a minute to talk about the Oxford Park Commission. Because registration for the 2019 fall youth soccer season in the Oxford Park Commission has begun. Cost to take part, just $50. Leagues are for both girls and boys, and they're based on birth year. The season will run August 19th through October 3rd, and all games are played at the state's top-rate facility, FNC Park. For more information, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. You don't want to miss registration. It's only 50 bucks. All you got to do, go to www.oxfordparkcommission.com. From a potential standpoint, I think it's C, but I, I don't. there's just a lot there. It's a transition from JUCO. It's a guy that... So want to learn how to have to play at this level effort-wise on both ends of the floor and learn how to be coached. And I know Kermit's already kind of working on that, and that's going to be a major thing for him. For me, I, I think I'm going to trend toward Austin Crowley just because I think there's a clear role for him. He, he's a really talented kid. Uh, at the same time, I think Sammy Hunter has a big role too. I think he's really, really talented. He's special. You know, He can do things with the ball in his hand as a big man that Ole Miss hadn't had before. So I, I really like most of those both of those two guys too, but I'll go with Crowley. I think there's a real spot there for him on the wing. He does a lot of things really well. He plays defense. He can shoot. I think he's kind of a perfect Kermit Davis player, and that was a really big gift for them. Once he got out of his LOI with Vanderbilt, getting him to Oxford and getting it done quickly, that's a guy that I think can really do a lot of things and, and help early. As far as talent is concerned, fair to say this is one of the top three most talented basketball teams Ole Miss has ever had collectively? I think so. From a potential standpoint, sure. I don't I think mean, it's I think close this, anymore. This is so different from last year where they were so thin in terms of guys that could help and contribute. And this year, you look up and down the roster, there's so much competition for minutes. I mean, Duke Collum is a guy that has some talent and, and really could have gone a few places and, and played. And he's kind of a bit kind of lost in the shuffle as this recruiting class has come together. And he's going to have to fight for some for some minutes at the back of the rotation. But in years past, if Ole Miss has a due common assignment class, he's playing early. 
and on a previous Ole Miss team, but not this one. I mean, there's a lot of guys there, and this team can go 9, 10, 11 deep. And, you know, it's funny, even you look at the walk-on. I mean, Jarko Joyner walking on sitting out this year, there are not many teams in the country that have a guy of that caliber walking on and sitting out. So it's it's definitely, from a talent standpoint, has to be one of the deepest and, and more talented rosters that Ole Miss has had, in, if ever. Brian Tyree's entering his last year. Devontae Shuler, I know he's a junior. He's entering his last year. This is his last year he's going to play at Ole Miss. I'm just telling you, you can ask me all you want. I'm not going to get into it anymore. This is his last year. So Blake Henson has to be good. KJ has to be good. But I'm with you. Of all the newcomers, I know Hadeem sees the easy pick. He's the sexy pick. But Austin Crowley could do so much for them. Defensively, positionless in many respects. He could play the one, the two, or the three. He's long. He can jump. He can push the floor. I like what he brings overall, just versatility in spades. And he's not a newcomer, but I'm I'm kind of intrigued by Carlos Curry. Uh, I think Kermit's been very pleased oh he's gonna with play. What he's done. Yeah, you know he, he's a guy. He's not a newcomer per se. You know he registered last year, but he's definitely going to have to play. Almost doesn't have a ton of depth down low in terms of guys that can play the five and, and play it well and, and at their size. So I know Kermit has been very pleased with the kind of transition he's made during that redshirt year. I want to see how he kind of looks on the floor. He's got some athleticism that really can stand out. So whether it's even if it's just rebounding and blocking shots, I want to see what he can do because if he can give them good backup minutes at the five, there's a big role for him. That's a, that's a big role for this team. And especially if we're unsure if what Hadim C's transition is going to be having Carlos Curry behind him to kind of push him and give Ole Miss some minutes. If he doesn't have a, if he takes a little time, I think it's going to be really important. So I want to see what Carlos Curry looks like when he gets out on the floor those first few, first few games. Ole Miss baseball, as we turn towards Thomas Dillard, who's coming up in about five minutes, the expectation can only be Omaha, as far as a lot of Ole Miss fans are concerned. With this team in particular, only looking at them through the lens of how will this team perform, I don't see how they can be that team. They lost so much. Zach Phillips is gone. Thomas Dillard is gone. Greg Kessinger is gone. Houston Ross can announce he's gone. Cole Zabowski's gone. Every player that was drafted is leaving. Every signee is pretty much staying. There's one guy to worry right. about, and that's LaFleur. But I think he's going to make it to campus. And if he does, I think Mike Bianco finds a way to get him in the lineup. His bat's too good. I think the ceiling for this team is a two-seed somewhere. I don't see them hosting. I don't see them winning a Super Regional. But I never thought going into the postseason that this Ole Miss team would be within a game of making it to Omaha. So what the hell do I know? But I do know how much they lost and how hard that will be to overcome. They have two good pitchers. Gunnar Hoagland's got a lot of improvement to make, many strides to make. But Doug Nikhazy, it's a good starting point. Kevin Graham and Tyler Keenan going to anchor the middle of your lineup. Anthony Shavidio is going to lead off. Everywhere else, there are question marks. I, I think... Ole Miss baseball, this is the worst time for Mike Bianco absolutely needing to make it to the College World Series. I think this team will be competitive. I think it'll be good. Do I think it'll be good enough to break through and get all of that criticism, all those critics out of his ear? I don't think so. Well, I mean, that's just how it works. This is this is how college baseball works at a non at a school that has scholarship limitations and some other things going against it, you're going to be cycle. You're going to be cyclical. You're going to have you know, one class is going to come in. The other class is going to go out. It's a rebuilding year and Ole Miss's rebuilding years have been very good under Mike Bianco. I think they're going to be very good this year. Nikhazy and Hoglin's a pretty great starting point from a pitching standpoint. You have some arms that can step up and fill that role to go with them. And they've got some bats. It's just going to be a lot of, a lot of you know, there's not a lot of proven talent coming back. So I just think there's got to be some sort of recognition from the fan base that, yes, we understand that Omaha is the expectation and, and that Bianco hasn't gotten there in so long. But at the same time, you have to realize the amount of talent that left and the amount of talent that's coming in. But young it's going to take time. Uh, so I think this is going to have to be they're going to have to be some patience and a realization that this team isn't going to be a national seed. But. I think if you're looking at expectations for this team, I think they definitely can make a regional. I think there's a chance they can host because they have two really good arms. And if someone else steps up, Bianca's been really good about getting that pitching going. I think they can pitch it well enough to really be a back-end host potentially. 
But you just have to look, and, and the key for this season is going to be the pitching and the development of the young players because if some of the, if some of the young freshmen develop as we think they can, this is a team that not next season but the season after can kind of be back in that space where, hey, Ole Miss is a national seed contender, a super regional contender, and a team that can go to Omaha. So it's got to be some patience. And I know that's not really going to be a thing, but it really needs to be. It's not going to be a thing. Caleb Hill is transferred out. He's gone. That takes away one other rotation candidate. That's unfortunate. I, th- I really big. liked his arm. Me I too. think he's. I think I know he wasn't. Didn't have a big role, and I'm sure that he wanted to go somewhere where he for sure could play. Yeah. But I think that's a really quality arm, and I and I hate that Ole Miss wasn't able to keep him around because I think there's. Uh, I know that the, the bar for left-handed pitching is so low, but I think with his fastball and, and that kind of stuff, his ceiling is pretty high, and I I hate to see him go somewhere else. It's tough. You can tell that reeks of, I'm going somewhere where there are guaranteed innings for me. And, and I get it. And I get, I get it. it, but it certainly hurts. At the same time, yeah, it, it's not like that's – I think people from the outside see, oh, uh, seldom used left-hander leaves, no big deal. I think, I think people are, are kind of trying to understand that, yes, he wasn't used a lot, but – uh, that's a guy that has a lot of potential and a big-time fastball from the left side, and those guys just don't grow on trees. So as much turnover as Ole Miss has, adding a guy like Caleb Hill to the equation was not in the plan. So that's that's definitely another break. And, and again, there's so much talent leaving. Draft and then guys like Caleb Hill, it's just it's so hard to overcome to replace that much talent in one year and be competitive. I think Ole Miss is going to be competitive, but there's certainly going to be some grumbling next season when they are – not in a position to be a national seed or to to win the West or not a surefire host seed. So it's going to be on one hand for me, it's going to be fun watching a new crop of players come in. You know, this this crop that's leaving with Dillard and Kessinger were so good. It's going to be fun to see the next class of kids come in and play. But at the same time, it's going to be a miserable viewing experience from the people that treat every game like life, life and death and are not going to understand what the big picture is of, of this team and this program. The biggest move the new AD is going to have to make, the biggest decision he's going to face, is not the football coach. It's Mike Bianco. That's what he's going to have to face first. Whenever he gets in here, it's probably in the spring. And I don't know if he's going to have enough time to truly evaluate, quite frankly. If it's John Hartwell, if it's Charlie Hussey, those guys know Ole Miss. They follow Ole Miss. They're still Ole Miss fans. Yes, Charlie's in the SEC office, but he graduated from here. He knows what what's happening at Ole Miss right now. John Hartwell was under Pete Boone. He knows what's happening over here right now. That would be different as far as evaluating Mike Bianco next year. Anyone else? Pick from a list. Obviously, there's guys that have relationships or knowledge of Mike Bianco, but it's also – when you hire a new AD, what school does he come from? Does that school value baseball? Does that school pay the amount of money that Ole Miss pays for its baseball coach? Do they think that's okay? Do they think it's good? Yeah, I think it's one thing to be Louisville, who pays Dan McDonald a, a million dollars a year, and, and are, they're totally fine with it. But I think if you're a school, uh, an AD from out west somewhere, up north, that doesn't prioritize baseball, I think you could come down and see – yeah, we're, we're you have a good baseball program, but we're paying this coach a million dollars or whatever, and I'm not sure that's a you know. So they could have an issue there. So I think it's 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 not just does he know Mike Bianco, or does he not know Mike Bianco. It's also does that AD value college baseball? Does he think it's worth dumping money into college baseball? And I think that's not not a given, depending on where that AD comes from. What does Thomas Dillard think of the conversation around his now former head coach, Mike Bianco? He's going to join us right now. He's about to leave out this week to go join the Milwaukee Brewers. We talked on Friday. So if there's anything that sounds a little dated, it shouldn't. I can't remember exactly. Know that this was recorded on Friday and Ben and I recorded on this Monday. So, yes, Thomas Dillard coming up in just a second on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. Make sure to leave that five-star review. Also available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, working on everything. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Going now to Thomas Dillard on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. Joining me now on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line is now former Ole Miss baseball player Thomas Dillard. That weird for you yet? Yeah, that they kind of hit weird when you said former. Yeah. It's a little different, but, you know, excited. You're going to play for the Brewers. When do you leave? Um, so they haven't told me exactly when I'm leaving yet, but they just they want me to hang out for right now, get some extra time with my family, and report by next weekend, basically. Have you already signed your deal? I haven't yet. Um, they're waiting for all their all their picks to get done. They got a few guys in the College World Series, so 
um, I'll be I'll be waiting around for a minute. So, do you know where they're going to send you or anything like that? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to Colorado Springs. Uh, I got a new team out there called the Vibes. Um, so with them. Do you know anybody else that's been drafted by the Brewers, or do you know anybody that's already in the minors with them? Um, so Joe Gray that was uh, committed here, he texted me the other day. Uh, he's actually on the team that I'm going to go report at. Um, Caden Lemons, uh, I know Caden just from uh, him being recruited here. Uh, so a few of those guys, and just really looking forward to it. It's got to be strange for you to be going on this new journey. You've been at Ole Miss for so long. You had such a decorated career. But now that you're looking forward, you don't know exactly what's to come. Is there some nervousness for you right now? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of nervousness. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a little bit of both because, you know, being a baseball player, playing in uh, professional ball is always a dream. And, uh, you know, right now just it's kind of a little bit of looking back on my career at Ole Miss and then looking forward to what I've got uh, going ahead. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's weird how the draft and baseball and all that kind of works. And, you know, your dream is basically when you got to go. But, uh been been really fun at Ole Miss. I'm looking forward to what what I got to do in the future. Now that you've been reminiscing about your Ole Miss career, what sticks out the most, the highs or the lows? Uh, definitely the highs. You know, obviously my my freshman year was kind of a growing point or, or a learning point for all of all of us. You know, we were really talented. Just had a really rough year all together. Um, but you know, just. A lot of stuff that sticks out too is just like the average days, you know, uh, just sitting in Coach Clem's office and talking to him, um, you know, the weights after practice, uh, you know, days like that that, you know, you wouldn't really think twice about, but just the, the simple friendships and the memories like that. Um, but, you know, playing, playing at Swayze for the last time at that regional, um, I don't think I could ask for you know, a better situation. There was a ton of people there. It was really fun. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't give up the past three years for anything. Yeah, the one thing you hear from former players a lot, doesn't matter the sport, is that, yeah, you miss the games and uh, you don't miss the practices. But the one thing you miss more than anything is the camaraderie, just being around those dudes. You become used to the routine. You become a slave to the routine. And to not have that anymore is jarring for you. Is that kind of the same thing for you? Yeah, you know, uh, I've always been a guy that likes new things. Um, you know, I went to a few high schools. Uh, always loved getting to meet new people, new teachers and everything. Um, but just the simple stuff of, you know, being able to head to the field and sit in that player's lounge and just hang out with the guys. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was pretty cool about this year's team is that it uh, didn't matter really how close you were with somebody. There was just a, a certain respect um, that everybody kind of, you know, everybody kind of liked each other this year. You know, there's always clicks on teams, and but everybody just really respected each other this year. And no matter each other's differences, we could all get to get along together. Um, you know, just the simple stuff like you were saying it was really fun. Being with Gray in Houston every day, all that kind of stuff was awesome. How does it work as far as team chemistry and making sure that some guys aren't marginalized and kept out of things. And they're, they're all a big part of this, right? So how do you make that happen? You're a team leader. How do you make that happen? How do you keep every guy involved and engaged? Yeah. So one of the big things, like you said, is the older guys, um, you know, being, being leaders and including everybody, because, uh, you know, if you don't do it, nobody else will, because the, the, the younger guys are going to be a little bit sketchy, uh, you know, kind of step out and say stuff sometimes, but, you know, I think one of the guys that I th- he did it for me and, you know, he's taught me a lot about how to lead and how to bring people together. You know, Colby Bortles, uh, I think Colby did a really good job of that my freshman year. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't necessarily the most outgoing person that didn't talk the most, but, uh, you know, he made sure that everybody got together. Tate Blackman did a good job with that. Um, but, you know, guys like Connor Green and Michael Fitzsimmons did a really good job with that this year. Um you know, whether it's just like a simple night where we all go to Connor's house and, uh, you know, watch like watch a finals game or something like that. Um, and just trying to have a conversation with somebody at the field that you like normally wouldn't have, you know, if you just walking, walking by somebody to ask them how the day's going, 
uh, see what they got going on in their life. Just, you know, invest in their life uh, a little bit, you know, um, even with guys that are from across the country and that you never really talk to. I mean, you, you just got to you gotta make it work with everybody because you need every piece. You talked about this. You and Cooper both touched on this after game three in Fayetteville that when y'all arrived, y'all butted heads and then y'all grew, y'all's relationship grew over time. What was that like? What what happened when y'all first arrived? Why did y'all butt heads like you did? Well, so me and Cooper are probably two of the most competitive guys you'll ever meet. Um, so co- coming in uh, with the, you know, the recruiting rankings and all that, you know, we were both really highly ranked in the country. Uh, both catchers coming in. Uh, it wasn't, nothing necessarily really happened. It was just kind of that feel that like there was a knowledge that both of us were trying to get that job, um, and it it was I think it just hurt us that we both knew that we were going for it, and it was kind of like we're going against the other person, and uh, you know just in the weight room and everything, we always just kind of competed against each other, and uh, you know I gotta gotta give it to Cooper, he's matured a ton in college, and uh, I'm really proud of where he's at now, you know. I think he's a great guy. He's actually turned into one of my best friends in college. Um, but, you know, just watching him uh, watching him catch the past few years has just been, been amazing. I mean, he's one of the better catchers I've ever seen defensively. He just does some stuff back there that shouldn't be physically possible. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a cool ride getting, getting to see both of us mature and uh, watching how our relationship grew. It was funny to hear Cooper say, when I got here, some of the guys didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. What was the turning point for that relationship as far as becoming one of your better friends? Before we get that answer from Thomas Dillard, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And I won't take long, I promise. But this is a testimonial. Earlier this week, I had to bite the bullet. I had to buy a new car. My wife's expedition was on its last legs. I was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope, they fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van but they gave me a good, fair trade-in value for the expedition, and my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up. It was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door. I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. Didn't have to do anything. And it's not just because they support this podcast. It's not just because they sponsor this podcast that they set that up for me. That's the experience it can be for you. My in-laws recently bought a new car. Took them four hours to get in and out, run the credit report, fill out the paperwork, and drive away. You know how long it took me? One hour. And the only reason why it took an hour is because Brian and Mason and myself talking all about Ole Miss baseball. Then we talked Ole Miss football, what was coming up in the fall. As I'm filling out the paperwork, And you might be wondering, Ben, why didn't you ask a bunch of other questions? Why didn't you ask them about the engine or how many miles? It's got 12,000 miles on it. I know the engine's good. Why do I know these things? Because I trust these guys. I trust Brian. I trust Mason. I don't like the car buying process. I never have. And I know you don't either. Most people don't. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now they got deals going on. You can go buy a truck on sale right now. I think it's like 15% off. If you're looking for the car, the truck, the Jeep that fits your family, that's exactly what you're looking for. I was looking for a Chrysler Pacifica. I got it. This is the only place to go. So go check them out. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They're at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. 662-234-8000. That's 2201 East University Avenue, Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. 662-234-8000. Tell them Talker Champion sent you. Uh, you know, I think it's just just kind of knowing where they come from and what they, what they got going on, you know, cause, uh, you know, Cooper will show up to the field in some shorts that cover half of, half of his thighs, you know, really <laughs> short, really tight. Uh, he'll wear these, these low cut shoes with no socks and, uh, you know, this 
he just he has a really interesting style. Um, and you know, I get some people can kind of get the wrong impression with that, you know, thinking that he might be like too full of himself and stuff. But that's just how Cooper is. Like he, he likes likes the style. Um, so I think it was just um, just kind of accepting him for who he was. And then you know, after freshman year, we were both we both did pretty bad together. Um, and then we just kind of started not trying to work against each other, but just trying to help each other out. Um, I think we, we really grew, uh, especially this year. I got really close with him this year. So I'm just really excited for his future too. He's one of the most interesting dudes that I've ever covered in any sport at Ole Miss. Cause one day he could be the most engaging, interesting, nicest guy, but if he's not feeling it, He's going to wear it on his face, and he's also going to let you know he's not feeling it. I, I sat down to talk to him in Fayetteville about the draft. It's just one of those generic stories that you write, and he didn't want to talk about the draft. You could tell that it bugged him that he dropped to the sixth. He's going to play for the Tigers, but that's who he was. You know, he he doesn't hide his emotion. You, you've always been good that whether you wanted to do interviews or not, you'd step up and you'd give answers and you'd put a brave face on. Cooper can't hide that emotion. He's a very emotional dude, it seems like. Right, yeah, I kind of, I kind of do the the politically correct thing, you know, just just go through it and uh, do it with a smile. And you know, Cooper, like you said, that's one of the things you have to accept about Cooper, because uh, he can, if he loves you, you know, he's gonna go all out for you. But if he he doesn't like you or doesn't want to do something, you'll definitely know it. Uh, he's a really big personality, and uh, he can. He can have those moments, but uh, it's one of the good things about Cooper. When he's all in, he's all in. So. Are you going to miss the media scrums at all? Did you kind of like them? No, I, I really enjoy doing the media. You know, it's, it's really, really cool getting to know all y'all over the years because, uh, you know, y'all covered us, uh, I guess, going into my going into my college career. So um, I, I like doing all that kind of stuff. You know, I think it's really cool to be in a situation where I can do some interviews and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So uh, every time I saw Sims or uh, uh, Davis McCool out there, you know, kind of hoping that they'd turn on them so I could go over there. Well, spoiler alert, Chase Parham hadn't broken the news yet, but Chase decided he wanted to do an award for best player to deal with the media. You're going to get the award. So there you go. I know that's going to be right on the rack with whatever batting titles and goals you actually have and care about. Well, I really enjoyed doing it. I'm glad glad it showed there you go. There you go. I could tell the excitement just pouring out of you, man. All right, so what happened on Monday, Thomas? Um, yeah, you know, just, just a rough day, I guess. You know, I think Arkansas is just at a really good place. Uh, you know, they were they're playing really, really good. Uh, and, you know, it's just, just one of those days. I guess it was a little bit different than last year because we lost a uh, really close game last year. But, you know, there was a – Obviously, you're going to keep fighting until the end, but when it's, you know, 12 to 1 in the fifth or sixth inning, you know, it's it's uh, kind of inevitable at that point. But uh, it's just kind of a, a tough pill to swallow, you know, because uh, nobody really expected us to be there at the end just because how we played at the, uh, at the end of the season. But, uh, you know, overall, I think just really proud of how the team played. As far as not making Omaha, is that the thing that's going to bug you the most as you move on in your career? Yeah, you know, that's definitely going to, going to sting. Uh, you know, we did have a lot of talent coming in. Um, but, you know, even even outside of baseball, I think that our team and this class has just done a lot for the community. Um, that's one of the things that I think we'll be proud of when we look back. You know, not making it to Omaha uh, is, is going to be rough to think about, but just different things that we did, you know, baseball-wise, you know, bringing, bringing two regionals here um, and getting to play in front of those fans was, was so fun. But, you know, just simple things that you got to give credit to Coach Bianco for. Like, um, we do a lot of community service, um, and I think that's something I've kind of embraced, and it, it's, I see how important that is. Um, I think I think we definitely left this place better than we got here. So uh, uh, just really love Oxford community but uh you know i wish wish we could have brought a title back it's been so much discussion about legacy with that number one recruiting class what, what's the overall legacy in your mind you know i just i think people are going to look back on our class and just see there was a bunch of good dudes in it i mean 
I think we might have had one of the most personable classes. Um, you know, with I think all the fans could say the same thing because you know we got guys like Cooper. Uh, you know, all the fans love him. You know, he's a great guy to be around. Gray, uh, Houston, just guys like uh, Zebo. Uh, everybody likes Will Atherton. Um, you know, just guys like that. I think everybody's going to look back and just remember. You know, we were good players, but also, uh, you know, we really enjoyed talking to the fans and getting to know them. Um, so, you know, I think it's you can look back on a on a team that had a bunch of good players, but a good a bunch of good people too. For a team, I know y'all don't really pay attention all that much to outside noise, or you try to block it out the best you can. But when y'all lost six of your seven final regular season games, there was discussion about Mike. There was discussion about the team but a lot of pressure facing Mike. And then you go into the postseason, y'all have a great run, y'all host a regional, go to a super. But the Mike criticism is always going to be there. And you had a defense of him on Monday. Um, But fans right now are wanting more Omaha appearances and stuff like that. For you, what's your opinion of Mike and and what he's done for this program? And uh, as far as fans calling for something different, a change or things like that, what do you say? Um, you know, I think, I think coach Pianco has done a great job at Ole Miss and, you know, um, we've definitely grown in our relationship over the past few years. You know, this year we had a lot of fun together. Um, and you know, during that six game stretch where we were just, you know, not playing good baseball at all. Uh, you know, he really, he, he kind of talked us out of it. You know, he's really good at his, uh, speeches and everything like that. Um, it just seemed like everything was really going wrong for us and that, that situation, you know, certain pitches weren't being made. We weren't getting the bats, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we were, I mean, I, I knew we were really talented and we were going to break out of it at some point. And, you know, we just had to play loose. And I think coach Bianco really helped us with that too. You know, he just, he told us to go out there and, uh, you know, just have fun and play for the guy next to you. And I think that was one thing that helped. Um, but and one thing that, people don't really get, you know, is how hard the SEC West actually is. You know, you're facing guys every single day that are throwing 95. Um, you know, every team can beat everybody. Um, you know, it's one of the more talented uh, baseball. Co- I mean, I don't think you could go out there and find something until like double A that would compete to the SEC West. You know, it's a grind every single day. You know, So, um, you know, for us to be uh, at the top of that every year, basically, um, you know, winning the SEC West last year, um, you know, we were, we were close at the end. We just, you know, we kind of fizzled out and didn't, didn't really have the, the finish we wanted, but just to finish in the SEC tournament, how we do every year, I think it's just a, a to catch Bianco. And I think, you know, there, there is a, a next step that needs to be taken. You know, I think, uh, our program does need to get to Omaha, uh, we, you know, we got the fan support that uh, that would love to go. But, uh, you know, I think Coach Bianco does a great job here at Ole Miss. What's the day-to-day like with Mike? What's he like? Um, you know, he's kind of he's kind of quiet. Um, he doesn't doesn't really uh, get into much small talk or anything. He's a lot of business. Um, but I think one of the things that I've definitely seen from my career here. Um, I think the older he gets and the longer that he's doing it, um, he he kind of relates with his players more. Um, you know, freshman year, we we didn't really talk too much um, unless he was getting on me because I was playing awful. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I think he, start, he, he starts asking more questions, getting to know you better, joking around with you. Um, he's definitely – definitely loosened up uh, over the three years that I've had here. And, uh, you know, he's a really awesome guy. Uh, you know, it was kind of a weird dynamic at first because I, I was over at his house all the time hanging out with Drew and Ben and Michael and Sam. So uh, it was kind of strange, you know, being over there in high school and knowing I was going to play for him. But, uh, you know, he's, he's been a great guy to be around. Yeah, his sons, you were friends with them. There was no – decision to be made they weren't going to come play for their dad their dad didn't want them to come play for me thought it'd be a weird dynamic and i think that's true but did you try to convince either of the bianco boys to come play no i didn't i knew the situation um and you know i completely agree with it i mean I, my dad's my best friend and i 
I don't think I could play for him in college. I mean, it'd just be just be kind of strange, you know, seeing them at home, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I completely agree with it. And I think he's done a great job of letting them have their own career not having to live in his shadow. You know, Drew did, did choose to go to LSU and wear his number. But uh, I think that's a really cool situation. And, you know, Ben's doing his thing out at Louisville. And then Sam's going to Louisiana Lafayette. So um, I think he's done a great job of letting them be their own person and have their own career. To be back at catcher, it seems like the Brewers are going to start you there. I know you said they'll put you wherever you're needed, wherever they think you can succeed, but they announced you as a catcher. Is that exciting for you? You and Cooper battled it out, and now three years later, here you are. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool seeing that. Uh, I didn't really, you know, it was kind of a blur when I got drafted, and uh, my mom said, they announced you as a catcher after that. And I was, I was like, yeah, they, they did. I thought about that after. But, uh, yeah, I talked to them, and, you know, they told me that I'll, I'll catch a few games a week, you know, and then if we play six, you know, maybe catch three or four of them or, two or three, just depends on the week, and then play first some, play left some. But, uh, you know, I'm just really excited for the next chapter. Um, and I really hate, hate that my time at Ole Miss is over. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a really sentimental guy. Um, looking at me, you probably wouldn't think it, but I'm, I'm kind of a teddy bear when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's just, just really sad that, you know, some of these guys I won't ever consistently see ever again. Uh, but you know, there's a time that comes when everybody has to leave, everybody has to move on. Um, but, you know, really excited to go play and then, you know, come back this off season and, you know, train with these guys again. Uh, and I'm just really excited for that team next year because there's a lot of talent coming back. Yeah, I wanted to ask you real quick for those Ole Miss fans out there, now that it's over, what's your final message to them and what are your thoughts about next year's team? You're losing a lot. Well, you're not anymore. Ole Miss is losing a lot. That's tough to hear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Sentimental. It's tough to hear. They're losing a lot. Yeah. What do you think they can be, and what's your final message for Ole Miss fans? Um, you know, I think I think they got a good pitching staff coming back. You know, Doug and Johnny are really going to head back. Um, but, you know, obviously we got Tyler Cannon coming back, all those guys. You know, Anthony Cervidia is going to play a huge role next year. Kevin Graham's going to keep uh, keep moving up as a hitter. Um, you know, I'm I'm really excited about Max Laplace. He's behind the plate a lot. You know, I think he's a really good player. Uh, so I think I think they got a lot of good pieces. Um, and then you know, some of the guys coming in, I I got to know the incoming freshman class pretty well because I hosted a lot of those guys. Um, you know, kids like Derek Diamond. Uh, and I think Derek's going to be a great player here. Yeah. Man, I think he's going to you know pitch a ton. I think he's talented enough to play in the field. Uh, Connor Walsh, you know, I think Connor Walsh is going to be just an exciting player. He's one of the fastest players uh, that I think Ole Miss has ever had. Uh, Hayden Dunhurst, you know, he's a great player. And there's him and Knox are going to be battling it out right there. But, you know, even some Juco guys, you know, I've played with Hayden Leatherwood a ton. Uh, we went to high school together in Memphis. Uh, he probably has one of the best left-handed swings I've ever seen. Uh, so Hayden's going to, I think he's going to step right in and be in the middle of the lineup. And then, uh, you know, there's some different guys. I saw a kid from, uh, I think it was Ohio, that really, really good stats. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of pieces coming in, and there's a lot of pieces coming back. And, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't expect a, uh, a drop-off at all. You know, I think they're going to be right back there next year. Um, and then, you know, just, just kind of my final message, you know, uh, being from Mississippi, you know, you either choose – to be an Ole Miss fan or a state fan, basically. Um, and since my grandpa played football at Ole Miss, you know, uh, we tailgated uh, for every game, like six hours before every single game because he was so serious about that uh, since I was, like, two years old. Um, so, I mean, just, just coming to so many Ole Miss events and just growing up a huge Ole Miss fan, having the chance to play here and, and really – uh, you get to experience that was something that I'll, I'll always cherish. You know, I think it was it was cool for me because you know I was one of the guys that uh, a lot of people looked up to. But I mean, I was also a huge Ole Miss fan at the same time. So um, just getting to meet guys like on the football team, you know, that I really enjoy watch watching. Um, you know, I've made some of my best friends here that, that don't even play baseball. Like me and Jordan Tamu were extremely close. Uh, 
Dawson Knox is probably my best friend that I've made at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, I'm going to fly up to Buffalo and see him soon. So just uh, just the relationships that you make at Ole Miss are just incredible. But getting to play in front of the, the fans is is a, it's a great experience. I mean, it's I, I'd say it all the time. I think us, Arkansas, and uh, State have this – you know, LSU is cool. It's just kind of a different crowd, uh, a lot of older people. But us, Arkansas, and State have some of the coolest atmospheres there are. Uh, you know, I think it's hard to beat our field um, with the student section and right field. You know, the people growing out and left. Um, I, you know, I think it'll be the best three years of my life, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world, and I'll be forever, forever grateful for it almost day for me. He's Thomas Dillard, now former Ole Miss outfielder, catcher. Good people, man. I appreciate you. You're always available, but more than that, you're always genuine. Best of luck with the Brewers. I'm sure we'll catch up soon, and uh, best of luck going out there, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. That was former Ole Miss outfielder Thomas Dillard. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's been at hip at been at hip. You heard it from Thomas. Ole Miss does need to make it more often to Omaha. That's obvious. But sure. he does have an affinity for Mike Bianco. It was interesting to hear him talk about how Mike is around the players, how he gets to know them, how different it is. I thought the most fascinating thing we talked about was his relationship with Cooper Johnson. That was a special class. Greg Kessinger, Thomas Diller, Cooper Johnson, all those guys, how far those two players in particular came with each other, growing that relationship. It's really good stuff. A good summer interview. This week I got some basketball stuff I'm working on. Might get Kermit Davis back on this podcast. Uh, a lot of things I'm working on. So make sure to be plugged into the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, as well as this podcast, Talk of Champions. All right. So I started off this whole podcast saying there's nothing going on. I ask you this every time you're on the first podcast of the week with me. I'll ask you now. Good luck. What's the biggest story in Ole Miss sports right now? <laughs> we'll get that answer from Bennett in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about Modern Woodman. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. I mean, it has to be just the last few guys waiting on draft stuff. Does Ole Miss get lucky on a Houston Roth? Does Ole Miss lose one of the signees? whether it's Dunhurst or LaFleur or guys like that. I, I think they're good on signees. I think Houston Roth goes pro. But do they get lucky on, on Roth? And if he comes back, that really changes the equation for me from a pitching standpoint because you got your weekend rotation set. Does one of the signees go pro? That would leave another hole and an already lineup that already has a bunch of holes coming in. So I think it's just kind of waiting out the last draft stuff, whether that happens this week or next. I think that's really the only thing going on. Basketball recruiting is going, but I don't know if there's anything that's going to pop up this week or anything like that. So I am uh, I think that's it. You're just kind of waiting on some decisions from kids and kind of hoping that Ole Miss gets lucky. The biggest story right now at Ole Miss sports, Coach Yo and women's basketball. And you're going to think to yourself, wait, what? Come on. It's true. Coach Yo last week landed a couple of commitments. The biggest, a top 100 player in Caitlin McGee. <laughs> I don't pay attention to women's basketball. David Johnson covers it for the Ole Miss Spirit. I haven't been to a women's basketball game or covered recruiting in years. And here's Caitlin McGee, a top 100 player, committing to Coach Show. It was tough for them last year, a complete rebuild. She lost everything to Coach Show, everything. She was basically trying to rebuild the house out of ashes. And yet here she is doing the job. So only stands to reason that I then on Talk of Champions come on and tell you, hey, Maybe peek over at women's basketball right now because they're doing some good things. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about 
of the course recruit not. or anything like that. But I will say, just from an outside perspective, it, it's pretty clear that Coach O is, is extremely energetic and she's really good on the recruiting trail. I don't know what that really turns into program-wise. Obviously, Matt Enzel had good success recruiting some people and it didn't work out from a coaching standpoint. But I think if you're old Miss and this is just a – you want your – smaller sports and not be an embarrassment. And I think Coach Yo is very much getting women's basketball back on track. And there's a history of Ole Miss being good at women's basketball. And I think there's a chance that they could get back to that eventually. But at the very least, she's bringing some excitement, some energy, and is working really hard to bring in some talent. And it appears that she's going to do that. But if, if there's ever a program that's going to take multiple years and multiple recruiting classes to build back, it is the dumpster fire of Ole Miss women's basketball that she took over. Dare I say, very Hugh Freeze-esque as far as landing talent and being down in the dumps and rebuilding a program. She's not out there in the massage parlors, but Coach Joe is doing the job on the recruiting show. Bully for her. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yes. That's, uh, what, that, it's, that's, it's, don't act like you didn't laugh at that. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to hide it at all. I, I laughed way too much. Of course. Um, no, you're, you're right. She's from my, I think that's so important in a sport like that where you're not going to have big crowds. You're not going to have – you don't have day-to-day recruiting coverage of your sport. But I, I think for a smaller Ole Miss, where you look at softball, Ole Miss softball five years ago was not a priority. It was not a, a big thing at all. It was a very much a niche thing. Now Matt Smith comes in, does a great job, and you look at what they've come into, back-to-back Super Regional or something like that. It's just they've, they've become – a, a part of the old Miss landscape that matters. And you know, when softball season comes around, people talk about it, people pay attention. Coach Joe's slowly, slowly building that up. And I think what's tough for her is she's got a national power in her backyard with Mississippi State. So it's even tougher for that. But certainly seems on the right track. And she's providing some entertainment, some energy. And I think come basketball season, while Kermit Davis is going to get much of the focus, most and that's well-deserved, I think more people are going to tune into women's basketball just to see her and to see the, the kids that she's bringing in. So seems like she's doing good work, and we'll just see where it goes. I hope everybody had a good Father's Day. Mine was lonely until my dad, my mom, and my brother and his two kids and his wife came over. My family's gone to the beach without me. And what you get, you get me talking on a podcast <laughs> with Bennett Hip and Thomas Dillard. This is all your fault. What did you, your dad do for dinner? What was on the menu? So this is what I did. I cooked. I cooked my dad's two favorite dishes. Okay. There was this ground beef, rotel, cream of chicken soup, cheese dish that you eat with Doritos that he loves. Been eating it for years. So I made that for him. And then his second favorite dish is poppy seed chicken. So I made a poppy seed chicken in that dish. Don't really go together, but it's Father's Day, and I was giving my dad his two favorite dishes, period. That's what I did. And, of course, I got some old pictures of me and my brothers when we were little, and then of his dad, who's now gone or been gone for quite some time at this point. What else did I give him? I gave him a picture of Gracie, my oldest daughter, who recently wrapped her t-ball season. First place with yours truly as coach. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because we don't play, and I'm aggressive. Mike Clement and I talked about this when he was on the podcast. I'm like him at third base. I'm churning the wheel, got the arm pumping, and I got her thrown out one point, and she sobbed like the little child that she is. But that's okay. We're aggressive. So, yes, gave him that picture, two pictures, uh, gave him a card. He loves Diet Mountain Dew. My dad's gotten everything he's ever wanted. So I gave him some Diet Mountain Dew and some peanut M&Ms and all that stuff, and he thought it was great, and I cooked for him. So that was the whole experience for me. There you go. But my kids were gone. Now, to their credit, Emily and the two girls got me a chocolate pie on Friday before they left. That was nice. And they wrote on it saying, Happy Father's Day. I'm pretty good with just a pie. That's all I need. Now, I've been doing great on my diet, but you put a chocolate pie in my face, it's lights out. It's over. Yeah, I, mean, I think exceptions can be made for, for the chocolate to. pie for Father's Day. And, and I think I think you're right. I think there's so much focus on these holidays and whatever, but low-key, like yours with both your family and your dad, I think low-key is good. Low-key is, is probably preferable for a lot of people. It's preferable for me. I like hosting at my house. A lot of people don't. We hosted Christmas at my house. We hosted Mother's Day, Father's Day. And the reason is very simple. Yes, I like having all my family around. Of course I do. But the biggest reason, when they leave, I'm at home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to clean up. But when you're done, you can sit down. You can have a beer on your couch, watch your TV. You don't have to drive back home. It's uh, it's a hassle maybe at the beginning, but it, it pays off absolutely at the end of the day, which is most important. I turned on some Three Six Mafia. I cooked for an hour and a half. 
listening to some little chat and Project Pat. It was great. Good so Father's I'm, I'm Day. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this dip that you mentioned. I don't. I don't. It, I'm, I'm going to send sure. you the recipe. Send me the recipe. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm not. I'm not all the way in, but I'm, I am at least intrigued. I'm going to send you the recipe. Tell you exactly how to cook it. Okay. And when you try it and come back onto this podcast and tell me I you will, tried it, I will give you a a fateful review. Yes. So. It's very simple to make. If you're by yourself, it's perfect. You're going to feel like you're 357,000 pounds <laughs> after you eat it, but it's great. I encourage everyone to do it. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's been at Hip. Thanks, man. We'll talk again. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.